0: Hospital Radio for Torbay. Here with uh, Mark Faulkner. Now, Mark, you're the manager of the Caring Voluntary Group, which I think is linked to the Pembroke House Surgery in Paynton. Correct. They are trustees,
1: and uh, luckily, three doors away. Oh, that's um, It's been going just over 40 years. Our main job is to provide reduced-price transport for all members of the community to get to any medical appointment at all, whether it's hospital dentists, doctors, podiatry and, and we do a bit of um, for, for people visiting relations in hospital we go all over the country we go 200 yards or 200 miles right. and it's um, it's about 40% of what a, a normal taxi would be
0: correct uh, So uh, how many people do you reckon you help then? We do about 3,800
1: fares a year um, and currently... If people are unable to attend un, unable to attend an appointment at, say, the doctor's surgery, that would cost the NHS £87 per time. If you miss an appointment because you can't get there to a consultant at the hospital, it's over double that, nearly £190. So we're trying to get people to every appointment we possibly can.
0: Okay, so you're getting people there and saving money for the user and potentially for the NHS? Absolutely. Good, okay. So you said the group was 40 years
1: old? 40 years old. It was originally a befriending group. Right. And then it was rebranded about uh, 10 years ago, reopened by Esther Anson. Our office is on the Torquay Road in Preston, opposite the Conservative Club. So we moved to there when it was rebranded. And we've since taken on... um, lots of outings and coffee mornings meals we go on the train to exmouth we go to the zoo we go all over really we do sort of four four to eight events a month but obviously during the pandemic that's been
0: yeah been curtailed a little bit curtailed yeah.
1: until we get some more freedom yeah <laughs>
0: okay and does it cover all, all the tour is it painting everywhere
1: everywhere everywhere you don't have to be a member of pembroke surgery we do all the surgeries all over we do a lot of bricks and work so we've got a group of volunteer drivers who we're looking for more of at the moment we're so busy and they give their time some do one or two days a week some will do seven days a week some will do up to a thousand miles in a month Blimey.
0: Okay. so you were saying that you, you you're looking for drivers so if, if somebody wanted to be a driver i mean what Do they need qualifications, I assume they need a driver's licence and how do they become a driver? So
1: all they need is their own vehicle, obviously with that would come their driving licence and a a current DBS check, the old uh, CRB check. Uh, We would pay for that, if they came into the office or contacted me, fill in a small application form we would do the DBS check, Uh, we have all our policies in place for safeguarding etc. And they can then choose how many days a week they drive, how many mornings, afternoons, weekends, whatever they how far they want to go, how short they want to go. But we're we're desperately looking for drivers at the moment. Um, so anyone interested could contact me at the office, five two four seven nine nine.
0: Can I say that again, Mark?
1: Yeah, 1803 524 and either I'll be there or my trusted assistant Sandy, who's in the office this morning, she'll be there. Okay good old Sandy everyone yes. needs a trusted assistant absolutely
0: <laughs> yes okay and plans for the future with the group is there any expansion or are you doing anything different
1: we'd like to do more journeys but with that comes the need for more drivers and we'd like to get the uh, trips out and the events you know back on track really obviously after the pandemic and I sort of understand that people are still going to be a bit nervous and mixing in big groups mm-hmm. in confined spaces etc yeah. so a few of the outdoor ones you know and the train out yeah. for dinner somewhere is quite nice. So.
0: I, I know from my own personal experience when I was trying to get to physiotherapy at Newton Abbott um, and the physiotherapist nicely said well, be, you know, just get on the bus but I couldn't walk very well and I didn't fancy that and trying to get actually transport mm. and this was, I don't know, five, six years ago I found difficult so it's a very useful uh, service that you're providing. We,
1: most of the drivers are um, retirement age so we have to be a bit careful of, of clients that we accept. We can't, for instance, take clients in wheelchairs. No. A few of the drivers will take wheelchairs in their cars and put them in the boot or the walkers. They're fine, you know, the little frames. They're fine, but we can't actually physically have someone sat in the car in a wheelchair.
0: No.
1: So that does limit us a bit. But you know, there yeah. is hospital specialist transport for that.
0: Yeah. Even so, it's a a useful service. Mm. So uh, that's the uh, Caring Voluntary Group, Mark's the manager. And what's that number one more time, Mark? It's 01803
1: 524 799. We open five mornings a week at the moment, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you do get through, uh, if you don't get through and it's uh, either busy or uh, after hours, please leave a message, but leave only one because it clogs up the system and we will
0: get back to you. Brilliant. Thank okay. you. It's Paul here at Torbay Hospital Radio. I'm speaking to Mark Faulkner, and uh, we've talked about the caring volunteer group. We're going to talk about uh, Mark's love of sport. Now, Mark, I know you from cricket. Um, you like a bit of cricket, don't you? Love cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And played, Every Saturday for years. <laughs> yeah. Played around the bay. Where have you played? Started at Paynton. Yep,
1: when I was 11. Played there till I was 13. Uh, the Colts. Great Trevor Ward,
0: yes, coached goes. me down there. Yeah, great man. Yeah,
1: great man. And uh, obviously, his son Tim was my age as well, so played with Tim. Um, Thirteen, uh, moved to Gampton just for a friendly match one night, and stayed there till two thousand and three. So from about nineteen eighty to two thousand and
0: three,
1: yeah, um, did sort of everything, secretary.
0: I, I did say at the start of this you're a very busy man you, you, I you're, am a bit you're, yeah. a, you're a serial volunteer I think yeah yeah. so Gampton Gampton yes. yeah 2003 uh,
1: fortunately Gampton folded 2003 and joined Chelston and then in 2014 or 15 Chelston merged with uh, Kings Kerswell. Yeah. so it's now Chelston and Kings Kurzweil Cricket Club and our activity is now based at Kings Kurzweil in the uh, playing fields off Manor Drive
0: yeah and uh, how healthy is cricket generally? How about at Kings well, and in South Devon?
1: I would say the pandemic's hit it a bit. People have found other things to do on a Saturday. You know, league cricket, as you know, obviously it's a long day it and it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, so that has affected it and people are cycling or golf or, you know, just other things really. But the youth league obviously is still popular um, it's important we keep the kids involved in cricket and not so much at the start competitive cricket but just enjoyable cricket people getting out there yeah. will see it's a good fitness outlet as well so rather yep. than sitting at home on their tablets or devices or whatever it is surely a bit of fresh air is good for them
0: it is yeah well they could bring the tablet along if they wanted and to. and score yeah. yes they
1: could. as they do now yeah <laughs>
0: they could and so it's youth cricket it's the South Devon Youth Cricket League yep I think there's a website
1: there is a website
0: yeah so can they contact the league through that if kids they can
1: contact me or through the website yeah uh, i'm the chairman of that and we've got uh competitive leagues and non-competitive leagues this year all age groups and um, uh, richard and i uh really just try and facilitate the clubs playing as many games as they can um organize them themselves and we'll set up the framework and then we let them go from there but it seems to be seems to be thriving around the bay yeah, yeah I think there's more people coming back to it so uh,
0: and there's a bit of cricket on the TV which is good so
1: yeah uh, terrestrial always helps yeah, doesn't
0: it so. it does it does and your own cricketing career I remember you as a, a well and still a hard hitting batsman uh, you used to bowl re- reasonable medium pace which I, I think is probably a bit beyond you now is it very much so yeah, three yeah.
1: paces doesn't lend yeah. itself to that
0: <laughs> but the batting the batting yep, still, still there still love that yep. yeah uh, what, the, the highlight of your career uh, as a batsman Mark come on
1: dare I say it yes go cool. on so 169 V V yourself actually Paul <laughs> yes <isn't it? laughs> uh, at Kings Kerswell, yeah yeah um, no I've loved it I love the cricket um, I love my time at Gampton um, you know for those who, who know where it is opposite the golf course there yeah it wasn't the biggest ground it wasn't the smartest ground we liked it and the wicket didn't look great but always played okay it was always very hard and very very quick out there. Yeah. Then moved to Chelston, which was nice, Tor Valley. And fortunately, the went into a bit of disrepair. Yeah. But now we're at Kings Kerswell and we're trying, you know, to make that as nice as we can. Obviously, you you live close by, so you you see it, and you know we're trying to improve it all the time for everyone, yeah. not just the sport people, but the, the the village and the community really.
0: Indeed, yeah. I mean, the ground looks beautiful. I mean, it's a nice field anyway at mm. Kings Curzwell, and there's a beautiful view from the. Mm. Uh, pavilion Paul Harding here with Mark Faulkner and uh, Mark we were talking cricket you mentioned Chelsea and King's Curse or Cricket Club is at King's Curse? well, and I believe that you've also got another role in the uh, sports club there and, uh, do you want to
1: just stand yeah, so, on that so the um, when we moved over and joined uh, sort of six, six years ago I was straight on to the uh, what we call the sports club down there which is a committee of football, cricket the navigators Uh, it's like the the junior sort of Cubs and Scouts girl guide sort of thing Penny runs really well and the village itself and last year we had a change of clerk Karen who used to run it uh, moved on to another job and there was no one to run the sports club and as you know Paul it was fair to say that it wasn't greatly supported in the past and the building and Everything just needed updating, really. So another guy from the cricket club, Adam Mason, and I took it on as chair. Adam's chairman. I'm secretary. And we've now got a new parish council, effectively, uh, led by John Radford and the clerk, Juliet, who's who's excellent down there. She really is. And we, we seem to be moving forward. They've been very supportive. The pavilion's having a complete makeover. In the next few weeks, it's having new front windows and doors if anyone knows it there's some rather ghastly metal shutters go across it and it looks it looks dated and a bit like an air raid shelter currently so we're having some new windows and doors put in making it a bit welcome there's new hanging baskets new showers uh, grab rails and disabled access for the toilet so sort of bringing it up to you know what it should be really and within that's the We've got the Park Cafe that's reopened last yep. Tuesday. Uh, so there's a, uh, a community cafe that's run by volunteer groups or charity groups. It's all not-for-profit, um, and it's uh, you know hot teas, coffees, chocolate, cakes, buns, ice creams, just somewhere where people walk the dog, come in, yep. a latte and a chocolate muffin or something and sit and enjoy themselves in the park. So any any other charity groups that would like to run it for a day, um, we supply all the the goods. uh, We take out what it costs and then they keep the rest. So any other charity groups that are interested can always contact us
0: good okay that's good uh is there any truth in the story that you're hoping to have the Wurzels playing there next year that is a rumor it's a rumor is that my i to spread it we can sort of
1: spread it uh yeah we can that's what we're trying to do we've got one through one of our contacts works with a relative of them all
0: oh, right
1: and uh they haven't been on the road for obvious reasons yeah and we keep pressing them for next summer so yeah that could could well <laughs> okay. happen yeah okay uh, there'll be something though there were, oh, there'll yeah. be two or three big events, yeah. certainly next summer, certainly music based. The KK Big Night, King's Kurzweil Big Night, which was planned for last year, will definitely happen. Yeah, That's local bands uh covering 70s 80s 90s music sounds perfect definitely me. be on, absolutely paul yeah definitely sounds, be on. <laughs> sounds perfect
0: uh yeah so uh, things are going well at king's as so well uh, i say it's I speak from somebody who's very close to the ground but it's uh, it's a lovely place to to walk around mm. a nice green space and as i say there are facilities there should you be uh, in the vicinity you're listening to paul harding on torbay hospital radio Yes, and uh, I'm here with Mark Faulkner. We've been talking about the Caring Voluntary Group, uh, Cricket, King's Kurzweil. And now we're going to talk uh, something a little bit more uh, serious. Uh, Recently, Mark, um, well, not that recent, but you received a treatment for prostate cancer. That must have been a shock when you received the diagnosis. And uh, do you want to just tell the listeners about that? So that was May
1: 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'd been having just a few headaches and went to the GPs they said oh just come in and we'll do some blood tests and literally uh, the doctor put her head round the door while I was having the blood test and said oh just because of your age we'll do a PSA test which is a test for prostate so your prostate rate is meant to be between 0.1 and 3.5 that's what we call the range so didn't think anything more of it just accepted it I worked in a surgery so I knew what it was about so, uh, two days later, got a phone call from the doctor. Oh, we've got your results. Uh, everything's fine except one. Your your PSA's come back quite high. So I said, oh, okay. Still didn't really panic. And then she said it's come back 55. So for a range to be 0.1 to 3.5 was... And having known about it from the surgery, yeah, it was quite scary.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was.
1: So everything goes through your head, you know, you... don't know what to think for a bit so on a timeline you uh two weeks to see the specialist went over to see dr mason over at mount stewart went through it had the scan and everything explained everything sort of put my mind at rest a bit did a biopsy confirmed it the nurse uh the cancer nurse who was there was really good settled me down completely look you know we treat people who are rated with 700 markers, you know, on their thing. So that was that was a bit easier. And once I had a plan in place of how I was going to be treated, it felt not that you were on top of things, but you you know, there's plenty of hope for you, and you know that you were, you were going to be treated well, etc. Which I was absolutely fantastic. So had uh, six bouts of chemotherapy up at the Ricky Grant unit, which you know you can't talk more highly of these people literally it was three hours it took go in fully comfortable look at your phone read the paper watch the telly whatever it was coffee cakes and biscuits not cakes biscuits staff did everything for you you know absolutely amazing 24 hours a day you could ring if you felt rough or you had any concerns straight through to the the number given absolutely brilliant really good
0: was good. So it was you had the chemotherapy and then what happened after that?
1: So after chemotherapy the arrangement was my um, specialist Dr. Leiden said you can either have 8 weeks Monday to Friday it's only 10 minutes radiotherapy or you can have 4 weeks and you have one night which is an overnight stay in Exeter which is called brachytherapy which is something that actually Dr. Leiden was instrumental in bringing to this country. Right. And I didn't know when I had the treatment in exodus that that was the case. And she was uh, the consultant there with me, which is really targeted treatment through... uh, I think they're gold needles. And they're... If you're a bit squeamish, you, you know, perhaps turn away. But they're inserted into where the prostate is. Right. And it takes three hours to set up. And you're numb from the waist down. Yep. So you don't feel anything. And... They're inserted, like a game of battleships. Remember when we played battleships, 100 squares and minute squares into the prostate. Then you lie exactly still for 15 minutes and a radiotherapy beam, if I'm telling this right, goes down these needles. So it's really targeted exactly where it needs to go. So I had that in Exeter. Stayed overnight, looked after me great. And then four weeks of radiotherapy, uh, up at Torbay, uh, 10 minutes of time, Again, absolutely fantastic.
0: That's good. So whilst this treatment was going on, how was normal day-to-day life for you? I I carried on working. Yeah.
1: You know, there's, you know, people would say, oh, you're not thinking about it then. You do think about it because it's natural to think about it. Mm. You wake up in the morning, oh, oh, yeah, I've got that, got this. You know, but you, because the treatment went so well and because the staff and the consultants were so positive, you know, you were never on your own never once did I feel sort of, you know, hanging onto the cliff sort of, it, they were brilliant, absolutely fantastic.
0: That's good uh, and recently you received some, uh, some better news.
1: did, absolutely so uh, 18th of June uh, I'd finished my radiotherapy and Linda from the unit had my blood test uh, six weeks after the radiotherapy ended and then that came back, what they call clinically untraceable, which is one. Right. so that's in a lab that's the lowest they can like track it to so they call it clinically untraceable so uh, you're effectively free of it but the ongoing care continues you go on what's called the PSA tracker so you have a blood test every three months that result, instead of just going to your GP, will automatically go to the oncologist at the hospital so they keep an eye on you for the rest of your life effectively, right. so you're in good hands excellent hands, and that's good. anyone who's going through it, you know you've got to stay positive and you know there are good outcomes from it definitely yeah,
0: that's good, so from a very um, bad position, yeah. it's turned out to something that you... yeah fine
1: yeah, yeah. and it's completely changed me as well the way I think about things now Yes. You know, you know, you've known me long enough, and it's definitely changed your outlook. Little things seem more important, certainly. Yes,
0: I'd agree
1: so, with that. But yeah, thankful to all the staff, and anyone who's going through it can certainly trust all the staff in, implicitly. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing that with us, Mark. No problem. Um, I know it's close to your hour. um Now, Mark will be leaving us in a second. We've missed the news. Sorry that that. Uh, anyone who's tuned in for the news, we've missed it, but this was more important. Finally, Mark, uh, let's go back to the Caring Voluntary Group, providing transport to get people to appointments. Yep.
1: Anywhere, basically. Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, Anywhere. as long as it's medically based. As soon as you get your appointment, give us a ring. We'll pick you up, uh, drop you to your appointment, give you a card with the number on. The particular ward at the hospital are always really good. They'll then ring, our oh, client's ready, drive will come back, drop you home safe and sound. Doctor's appointments, dentist, podiatry physiotherapy just about anything medical related we can do but we are short drivers so we need some uh, any volunteers out there who've got a car uh, got you know one day two days three days a week one morning two mornings whatever Um, all your mileage is paid from when you leave your house Um, and you know you you meet some nice people as well like like i say a lot of our drivers are retired and mostly single and you know they, they do it for, for company as well so you know they meet plenty of friends
0: and just tell us again how how if they want to be a driver how do they do that how do they contact so you so
1: contact me at the office 01803 uh, 524799 like I say myself or Sandy will be in the office small uh, application form uh, we would carry out a uh, DBS check which we're obliged to obviously um, we'd pay for it uh, the NHS uh, do the do the checks and that, and then they can start asap,
0: and look forward to having them on board. Brilliant. Okay, right. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks thank for coming in today, and uh, yeah, that was Mark Faulkner. Hospital Radio for Torbay.